Warning, this episode contains foul language, discussions of suicide and mental health, and is best enjoyed with a set of headphones. listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with a guest or just the two of us and we talk about something weird. And boy oh boy, this week is a good time. It's just your girls tonight recording basically our absolute favorite type of episode during our absolute favorite month of the year. It's a very spooky, ooky listener ghost stories episode. Yay! And by the time you hear this, it will be Devil's Night. <laughs> listener ghost stories episodes mean we read creepy tales written in by listeners just like you about all sorts of bizarre, unexplainable events, and it's enough to send several chills right up your spine. So cuddle in, maybe turn on a few lights, because we're about to creep the pants right off of you. My name is Lauren, and this is my co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. Hello. Happy Hello. Devil's Night. Happy Devil's Night. Happy Mischief Night. I mischief. was laughing, sort of, when you were like, it's our favorite episode during our favorite month. And I was like, in our least favorite year. I know. <laughs> in the worst year the of worst all time. Year possible. <laughs> We love October. We hate 2020. <laughs> That's what I should have said. Yeah, it's uh, garbage. Yeah. We all know it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But uh, I... But guess what? It's going to be Christmas before you know it. Uh, I know. I do hope that bringing out the holly and decorating the tree is just going to bring some positivity to the world. What do you say? Yeah. I feel like it depends on what happens uh, uh, in November? two weeks. Yep. I know. <laughs> I do keep thinking that. Like, are, is Thanksgiving and Christmas going to be absolutely terrible because of the election? Or is it going to be wonderful because we feel like maybe things are turning around? I just... That's what I... Can't I said wait. that to Joe the other day. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, I can't really, I'm not sleeping really well. And I, I'm really having trouble with my anxiety. I was like, you know what? Honestly, I could feel a thousand times better in three weeks or I might kill myself. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Depends might, on. <laughs> might dive into the street into traffic. Things, I'm not sure. Uh, up in the air with that one. So, <sighs> um, yeah, guys. So uh, vote, please. Please vote. Go out and vote. Get those ballots in. Um, but hi, hello, welcome. Hi, hello, and <laughs> listener ghost stories. One of our favorite episodes. One of your favorite episodes. You guys love it too. It's um, true. We made sure to curate a really fun and spooky one for you for Halloween. Yeah. Before we get into it, though, we do have two new patrons, two more new patrons for the month of October. You guys are killing it this uh, month. Yeah. Please welcome Melinda Falkowski. Melinda in the house. Welcome. This name was very intimidating for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was. You were really uh, sounding it yeah. out. <laughs> Taking sure your time was. with it. I was practicing it. <laughs> Before we uh, started recording. And also a big, warm, weird welcome to Heather Mayer, who is a master pumpkin carver, turns out. She is. Welcome, Heather. Seriously, Your pumpkin was everything. Thank you. It's incredible. And I can't wait to see the... I think it's still a secret. Heather, I can't wait to see the witch when it's done. <laughs> we have to whisper. <laughs> <laughs> it might still be a secret. Yeah, so uh, also speaking of pumpkins, if you guys are wanting to submit to the pumpkin contest to win some merch or art or an invite to a Zoom party with uh, me and Lauren, please do so before tomorrow night at midnight. October 31st at midnight is the cutoff. Send them in. Send them in. We'd love to see it. And I actually also, thank you to thinking, everyone. Like, yeah, thank you to everyone who's already sent one in. We've had pumpkins painted, we've had pumpkins carved, we've had uh we've had a pumpkin with yarn. 
Oh, the yarn. That <laughs> was a so yarn cute. Pumpkin. <laughs> Guys are yeah. getting creative. We They're love getting it. Creative. They're so amazing. Yeah, it's been really cool seeing your pumpkins. And I was just thinking about it. Like, what the? When am I going to get a pumpkin? I got to send Joe on an errand. <laughs> yeah, send him out. We got some pumpkins. We haven't done a darn thing with them yet, but hoping to do it soon. I'm probably going to be the one that's submitting it at like the very last second, but I'll get it in there, guys. I promise. I was just going to mention how crazy this year's Halloween is in general. Like the fact that we're missing this because, I mean, we're not missing it. Like I said a million times, Halloween's in your heart. You can never miss it. It's going to be with us forever. You can still celebrate. But the fact that we like can't have our big parties and like go out and watch a parade because it's on a Saturday. It's a full moon. And 2020 has never been more rude that they made it on a Saturday with a full moon, but then said, you can't do a damn thing about it. Like, how dare they? But also, (laughs) uh, we set our clocks back that night, so we get an extra hour of sleep. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a bonus. We can still reap the benefits of that one, but it's like you could have stayed out and maybe partied a little bit longer with that extra hour. Oh. I know. Ashley, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's so rude. It's rude. <laughs> You're right with that word. It's rude. <laughs> it's just plain rude. All right. Well, let's cheer each other up with some spooky stories. Listener ghost stories, guys, are um, the episodes, if you don't know, if you're brand new, hi, welcome. The episodes where uh, listeners and random internet friends send in real life scary stories that happened to them. And they're always a blast to read and to uh, read aloud to each other. Lauren's going first, and I'm very excited. Okay, I do have a couple of stories that were submitted by listeners, um, like that we talk about all the time, good friends of the show, but I'm actually going to start with one from Reddit by a user who goes by the name Last Dances. And I did get permission to use this story, but I still have to get updates on this story and you will see why I'm so angry when I get to the end. (laughs) I just had to preface with that. Okay, so this is from Last Dances. Thank you for letting us use your story. So excited. Okay, so Last Dances says, These events started in 2012 when I moved into a converted fire station that was built in the late 19th century. Nope. I was 27 at the time. (laughs) I love the immediate, nope. Nope. Because you're right. Um, I was 27 at the time and of sound mind and decent health, and I've always been fascinated by all things paranormal, but at the same time, I would consider myself a non-believer or a skeptic. I moved into the top floor of this duplex in the fall of 2012. The building was beautiful. It had a brick facade with climbing ivy vines, a large bay window on the ground level, and French doors leading to a wrought iron Juliet balcony on the second level. Gorgeous. On moving day, I met my downstairs neighbor, Roger. He was extremely friendly and helpful, albeit constantly drunk. He had knocked on my back door to let me know that I was welcome to park under the carport or use his furniture on the back patio. He even gave me a framed copy of an old photo of the house when it was a fire station, and I still have it somewhere, which was very cool. He told me some general history about the building, that the firehouse was built in 1980, but was converted into apartments in 1910, and it was the town's first fire brigade, and at the time, fire trucks were still being pulled by horses, which I, like, did not even in my head realize that that was ever I've a thing. I've never of thought course. of that before. Yeah. Holy it's like, crap. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> I love well, it. I know what I'm, I'm dreaming about tonight. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, thank you for this history. Um. Roger's apartment would have been the horse stable and garage, and my apartment would have been con- would have contained the sleeping quarters, kitchen, and presumably some sort of office for the fire chief. Towards the end of my first week of living in my new home, I was unpacking boxes on the living room f- floor when I heard three distinct knocks at my door. Mm-hmm. First, I just assumed that it was Roger coming to tell me about trash day or the laundry or some other mundane thing, so I got up to answer the door. But then I started to think how late it must be for a neighborly visit as I'm walking towards the door. And then just before I reach for the knob, I stop because I suddenly remember that this is an interior door. There was an exterior door at the bottom of the stairs as well as the interior door at the top that led into my house. And though it is possible for someone to have a key to the lock on the exterior door, it was a deadbolt that had a switch mechanism that disabled the key function from the inside, and I always used the switch to lock myself in at night, and was fairly certain I had done so on this occasion. So I did not answer the door. 
I somehow managed to survive this knocking situation without being too weirded out, and things were quiet and uneventful in the house until December. I woke up one morning freezing cold, and it smelled salty? Question mark. I couldn't place the smell. It wasn't good or bad. It was just foreign. So I walk out of the bedroom towards the kitchen, and I notice that it's also very loud in my house. It sounds like cars are driving through my dining room. That's when I see that the French doors that lead to the Juliet balcony are wide open. It had snowed a few nights before, and the vehicles in the street below are rolling their tires through the melted ice and mud. That unusual smell was the brine that our city uses to coat the streets after a snowstorm. Typically, my balcony doors were each secured into the doorframe with a sliding lock, and there was an additional set of screen doors that kept it closed with a hook that was still latched. So much like the last strange occurrence, I'm almost positive that I had securely locked the doors after the last use. But even if I hadn't, this whole door system fits so snugly into the frame that it couldn't be blown about by the wind. Since the outer screen doors were still latched, I'm pretty sure no one climbed the ivy in the dead of night and broke into the balconette. It's another mystery. So after the French door incident, I lived without any notable experiences again for quite a while. As much as I loved the home I'd made for myself in this converted firehouse, I never quite felt settled. I had to sleep with the TV on every single night. Three or four times a week, I'd be woken up before my work alarm because it felt like someone had screamed into my ear. Stop I could that. never Right? I could never decipher the screams and just chalked it up to weird dreams. Then, in late January of 2014, I was coming home from an evening class. I got a strange feeling that something wasn't right inside the house before I even put my key in the lock. I looked up and noticed that the curtain panel on the door had been moved as if someone had been looking out of the window. I hesitantly walked up my stairs expecting to find it burglarized. Nothing seemed to be missing or out of place. Was someone playing a prank on me? Was I going insane? I grabbed a broom to use as a weapon and went through each of my rooms checking on the locks and windows. And then I go into the kitchen and all of my cabinets and kitchen drawers are open. Just wide open. I continue my search, but all of the windows are secure and I don't find any monsters, human or otherwise, hiding under the beds or closets. Almost a month had passed, and again I was coming home from an evening class when I got that strange feeling again. Something was amiss in my house. The curtain was moved to the side exactly as it had been before. So this time I run upstairs expecting to find the drawers open again, but everything was exactly as as I left it. I turned on every light in my house, checked every window, door, closet, and crevice, and there was no sign of forced entry. I'd almost forgotten about the incident completely later on that night as I'm in my kitchen washing the dishes and my dog is laying on the couch in the living room. She's in my direct line of sight and I keep looking at her periodically and then as I'm rinsing my last plate I call to the dog that it's time to go potty. I start walking towards her and I'm only a few steps away when the light in the living room shuts off. Instinctually I just assume it's the bulb or the fuse so I reach for the switch but it was in the off position. I mess with it for a few minutes to try and replicate the condition where it could have turned itself off but I couldn't. The toggle wasn't loose. The switch was very firm. It was either on or off. So I call my friend, talk about all my weird feelings, the phantom light switch, everything. She answers and I launch into my story, but she stops and says, what's that sound? What are you messing with? She said it sounded like I was wrestling or wadding up paper. And all of a sudden, during this phone conversation, we start to hear another conversation bleeding into ours. We could hear a man and a woman's voice, but couldn't make out what they were saying. My dining room chandelier begins to brighten and dim slowly, keeping in time with the static voices coming out of my cell phone. Nope, I decided it was time to get the fuck out. I walked my dog, I packed a bag, and I headed to my friend's house to stay for a while. And that is how the story ends, Ashley. Oh my word. I messaged this person. I said, last dances, can I use your story? And they were like, sure, credit my username, yada, yada, yada. And then I follow up with, is there a part two is there an update like you went to stay at your friends i know that you're still alive because this happened in 2014 unless what else happened (gasps) the ghost wrote the story (laughs) it could be but my gosh i am waiting for their response they haven't logged on to reddit in a while but i'm hoping guys that i will have an update for you one day because i have to know what else happened at the fire station but it was so funny because like at first you were like, it's a brick building with a balconette and I climbing ivy on the side. And I was like, I feel I know this building's going to be haunted, but like worth it because that sounds amazing. But by the end, I was like, OK, I can't live like that. 
All right, I wouldn't be able to do it. Nope, Not if all of my cabinets and drawers were open when I got home. I don't <laughs> I could don't do it. Think. But it does sound so cool. I mean, to live in a converted firehouse, that sounds really, yeah. really cool. And it makes me wonder, like, how there's so much history to it. So obviously that makes sense that maybe, you know, there's something residual, residual happening yeah. there. But also it makes me wonder if something's, like, attached to that photo. Because, you know, they mentioned, well, I have this old photo of the firehouse. And I don't know. There's just that part of me that's like, what if something's connected to the object? I don't know. <laughs> it's just Will exciting. Either way. Yeah. We'll never know. They better get back on Reddit and respond to me, I swear. Oh, guys, it's creepy. I live in an old apartment, but like old as in like 1950. You know what I mean? Yeah. At some point in my life, I want to live in an apartment that was built before 1920. Yes. I don't know if it's ever going to happen for me or house. Obviously, I'd rather live in a house. I'm so sick of living in apartments for you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But um, we'll see. It's my dream. So if anyone has I any. Think, I think you can absolutely make it happen. Like you, I just think you cannot settle for anything less than like a 1910 house when you move out of your apartment. You, you got to go for the gold. It's so funny because Joe's like a, a, I call him a Zillow hag. He gets on Zillow and just Zillows. Like he just looks at different cities and just looks at all these homes just and shows it me. He's out. like, can I show you this house? And I'm like, no, it kind of stresses me out, actually. I don't want to look at this. Unless I'm moving, I don't want to look at apartments. I agree with you because I it makes me depressed and just get yeah. a pit in my stomach. So I'm like, I'll never live here. I'll never afford it. Now what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? But even if it's a completely affordable, like here's this house in Illinois. It's like, great. Great. <laughs> By the time we we were to move, that house would not be available. (laughs) Why are you even showing me this? So true. Yeah, he'll constantly show me these like beautiful houses. I'm like, it's too new. And he's like, are you serious? (laughs) He's like, do you know how much work goes into an old house? And I'm like, "Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You're going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to do it, though. (laughs) It's going to be my project. I'm going to do all of it. (laughs) Fixer upper, baby. You got this. Boy, oh, boy. Well, that story was fantastic. Yes, I love it. Lee's scary. I <laughs> have a Reddit submission as well. My first story today is from Reddit user Psychedelic Weasel Gun. <laughs> what? Which is the funnest username I've ever heard. Psychedelic Weasel Gun. Psychedelic We're Weasel into Gun. it. They I'm, actually I like it a lot. Wanted us to plug some mental health awareness information, which like Thank you. Ugh. That is a nice reminder for everyone. Love it. And mental health is something we definitely talk a lot about on the show as we've both had our own struggles. So this okay. is a great opportunity to share some resources. Something we've shared a million times before, the National Suicide Hotline um, is one 800 273 8255 and that's available to you 24-7 and if English is not your first language, they have people speaking many different languages that can help you out. There's also a great organization called NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and their website is awesome. It's just nami.org. That's N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, M as in Marie, and I as in... Iodine? Iodine. Uh, And you can go to, if you go to that website and go to your journey and select uh, whether it's you that has a mental illness or someone you know... And there are a ton of links to help you understand your diagnosis, understand like your health insurance and what it covers. There are resources on like what to do in a crisis. There are helpful tips on how to navigate having a mental illness and also having a job, which has always been really hard for me personally. So yeah. That's very cool. That sounds like a really great website. I've personally used it many times. I highly recommend it. And if you're not someone who needs this resource right now, but you'd like to donate to them, there's also an option for that on the site. So it's nami.org. Love it. So thanks for sharing that, Reddit user. Yes, psychedelic weasel gun. Psychedelic weasel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was camping next to a river deep in the mountains that was also a gold claim. My father's friend owned it, and my dad had taken me and my little brother camping there. It was very warm that time of year, so we didn't even use tents. Just a large picnic blanket on the ground with our sleeping bags on top. 
I've always been able to pick up on things, and if anything unexplainable or paranormal happens, it's typically when I'm around. For example, oh, one of those, one of them, <laughs> just like me. For example, yep. the wiring to the light in my living room ceiling fan is completely disconnected, but that light will randomly turn on only when I'm around. It literally oh will not turn off until I leave or if I kindly ask it to turn off. Well, so already that's special. Anyways, I was getting really weird vibes at this gold mine. I kept having dreams every night about drowning uh, with my father in the water with me, trying to help me, but ultimately failing. Until oh. one night, I just couldn't sleep. I was tending the fire to keep myself occupied when I noticed my little brother get up out of his sleeping bag and start walking towards me. And once he got close enough, I noticed he was sleepwalking. And my little brother has never sleepwalked before, so I thought it was kind of odd. And it was especially odd when he started walking towards the river. I tried to redirect him to the sleeping bag, but he was an unstoppable force. I was probably more than double his weight at the time, and the force with which he walked and pushed me out of the way, even when I firmly planted my feet, was unbelievable. Oh, jeez. He was in between 5 to 10 yards from the river when I got my dad up. He rushed over to my little brother just uh, as he was just a few feet from the water. And as soon as he touched him, he snapped out of it and went back to his sleeping bag. My dad stayed up with me for a bit at the fire and I told him how forceful he was walking. And my dad said he felt how strong he was walking even in the split second he touched him. Uh, he was probably 50 pounds at the time and effortlessly pushed me out of the way. After about 10 minutes of talking with my dad, we both got extremely tired and went back to sleep. The nightmare of drowning with my father trying to save me but failing ended that night. The weird vibes were still there, but not as strong. And my little brother doesn't remember this at all. Whoa. So what was going on there? Do we think the brother was possessed? I don't know. We talked about this on the show before. It reminded me of a story. I think we talked about it in Journey to the Bermuda, Tyler. I talked about one of the Northeast Triangles, and I don't remember if it was the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts or the Bennington Triangle in Vermont, but there were several reports of people saying they felt unnaturally drawn to cliff sides there. And some mm. of them even said that they right. followed that urge and walked to the side of the cliff and much stronger than the usual, what if I jumped or like, what if I ran my car off the road thoughts? They felt an yeah. absolute urge to jump off the cliff. And so like, like they were completely compelled to jump. So like, I wonder if it's a haunting thing or like a vengeful spirit situation. I know like one of those triangles, right. for example, was on stolen Native American land. Not that any land isn't stolen Native American land. <laughs> oh, right. But I know that that was part of the supposed haunting there. Or is it like a natural vortex of some kind that's just like part of our universe that we just don't like understand yet? Yeah. I do think it's interesting that there would be a force that would try to get the brother to drown, but then there would also be some sort of force that would let the older brother have that vision right? that would keep him awake to the point where yeah. he could stop his brother from drowning. It was like something was telling him to get up and help his brother, which is interesting. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, man. Is it evil? Was it helpful? Yeah. We don't know. I mean, yeah, something was strong that night. The force was strong with somebody <laughs> With that somebody night. I don't know. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was um, I love that story, Psychedelic crazy. Weasel Gun, and your name. Yeah, thank you for that beautiful, beautiful username, but also that story is creepy af and very good. Okay, we have another story from a listener that Yay. was submitted on Instagram all the way from Germany, this you guys. This blows my freaking mind. <laughs> Me and Ashley were going crazy. We couldn't believe that we had a fan in Germany and not just like a listener over in Germany, someone that knows us and follows us and decided to submit a story. So we're so excited. Want to say thank you to Alina. Yes, I thank believe you. is how you pronounce it. Alina. She helped me out with it. I hope I'm doing it justice, but she seemed like she was going to be forgiving if I messed it up. <laughs> Dialects are so, hard. Um... It's rough. <laughs> I can't do a German accent. I'm sorry, but Elena from Germany has submitted to us and she says, 
Hey, Lauren and Ashley. First of all, I love, love, love your podcast. You guys are amazing, funny, and really beautiful people. Oh, just Uh, making our day. (laughs) I have thought a lot about sharing one of my stories, but I don't know if it's the kind of weirdness that I love to listen to on your show. Don't worry, it is. But let's start. Last year, my grandma tried to commit suicide. Oh, and I know that sounds really dark, but stay with me, everybody. She says, I got diagnosed with brain cancer, and because of this, she fell into depression because she was scared to lose me and that I would leave the earth before she did. And then Alina adds in parentheses, don't worry, I'm fighting and I'm fine. You guys bring a lot of joy into my life and are helping me through this rough Aww. time, which is so very sweet. And keep fighting, girl. We love you. We're behind you. Um, back to the story. On the day she tried to commit suicide, I had a weird feeling all throughout the day. My anxiety was stronger than ever, and I felt like something bad was going to happen. I really didn't think much about it because I'm sort of used to my anxiety and feeling that way on occasion. But let me say that my grandma does live at my family's house, so she was in there with us. Later in the evening, I heard that her phone line was ringing, and I went in to pick it up because it didn't stop ringing and it was slowly getting on my nerves. My grandma had two rooms, one which is her living room and then, of course, her bedroom. So I go into the living room and pick up the phone, and the person who was calling just asked in a very strange, weird, deep voice if my grandma was there. And according to the voice, it had to be a man. I said she couldn't get on the phone because she wasn't home. I knew that she was actually home, but this call felt immediately weird and I wanted it to be over, so I hung up. I was completely confused and just sort of left it alone. As I was about to leave the room, I looked at the table, and there I saw a lot of pills. I immediately called my dad because I already had that anxious feeling, and I just knew what she must have done. I also have to mention that my dad is a firefighter, and he's used to seeing dead people, and I was scared I was about to find her dead. So as awful as it sounds, this was my first thought, and I had to get him instead. Yeah, that's not awful. It's not awful at all. We, I think a lot of people would react that way. So my dad came and got into her bedroom, and there she was. We called an ambulance, and she got rushed to the hospital and was saved. I still think about that call a lot. I later tried to find out who it was and why he actually called. But when I called the number back, it wasn't even available anymore, just 10 minutes after we had found her. No one has tried to call her or has asked for her as the time has passed. And I do believe in ghosts and believe that there was some sort of soul out there wanting to save her. I have no other explanation, and I've never talked about it before because I know my parents and friends would try to come up with some super rational explanation, and I know it would just be BS. Thank you for reading my story. Like I said, I love you guys, and I hope to meet you in person one day. And a lot of love from Germany. Wow. Yeah, it seems like someone was looking out for you that day. Yeah. I wanted to do a little story that was kind of sweet yeah, <laughs> since no, that's we do sweet. so many creepy ones. And I liked that it seemed like somebody, you know, was possibly a guardian angel for her grandma was trying to save her because that number didn't exist ever again. It was a voice she'd never heard, but it was just in time to save her grandma's life. I also like that you have kind of a through line with the firefighters and also the phones, a voice yeah. on the phone. Right. Interesting. It's one of I my know. favorite theories, as you know. <laughs> as we know. And ghosts can No, it's very you. cool. Um, but I do that all the time. Like, if I get super anxious about something, I can't find a cause. Or if, like, I have a particularly disturbing dream that seems very realistic or th- that I have multiple times, I'll tell Joe and at least one other person so that I have witnesses if something yeah, to happens know, like remember afterwards. when i had this weird yeah. sensation watch for what's gonna happen yeah because i um that will happen sometimes where you just get so anxious and it's like i'm an anxious person like everyone knows i yeah. know but this is weird like why is it happening yeah and it really does put you like on like ha ha like you're like on guard yeah so you're like what's going on on high alert yeah like, what's coming my way what's about to happen and then i get like my phone rings and i'm like who died like what <laughs> who who's died? calling who me with it? bad news yeah right wild oh i feel that yeah i i'm just so happy that this all played out the way it did and that her grandma survived and uh it just it's hard it's rough i know she is having a hard time because alina as you said that you have cancer but i'm so happy that she's still on this earth and that you were part of the reason that she was saved so thank you for sharing that story with us and Life is tough, but you guys are going to get through this together, and you can lean on each other, I hope. 
I'm also interested, especially since you're our Instagram friend and you can literally just send me a message later. Mm-hmm. Do you did you have any paranormal experiences before you were diagnosed with cancer? Is Ooh. something that I would like to know because I know that that's sometimes a catalyst for experiencing a lot of things that you maybe weren't open to um, before. Well, and also I don't know. Oh yeah, I did say it. It's I wasn't sure if I specified, but it's brain cancer. Yeah. So I don't know if that affects it even more, but for it to be something that's attacking the mind, maybe it's opening up a part of the mind or some sort of like a visual cortex to help you see a little deeper I'm than what's interested. just before Send you. Send me a message. Let's talk Tell about it. Tell us more, <laughs> Alina. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for sending that in. Hey there, I'm Tara. And I'm Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal or murder, join us on Mondays for full-length episodes where we discuss our favorite paranormal stories and true crime cases. And join us again on Thursdays for our mini-sodes called Stabby Snippets, where we tell you all about true crimes happening in the news. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, wherever the hell else you listen to your pods at. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, by using the handle at Three Spooked Girls. Come and hang out with us and get your spooky on while we scare the hell out of you. I actually have <laughs> my next story. Oh, God. My next story is one that I've been holding on to for so long. I wanted to do it for the last Listener Ghost Stories episode, but I I didn't hear back in time for recording, and it was a whole thing. But I just love this story. It made me laugh so hard. I hope you guys love it as much as I do. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. This story is from Reddit user Akasha154500, who I'm just going to refer to as Akasha so I don't get crazy (laughs) tongue-tied. That's fair. That's a lot of numbers. Akasha says, my friend and I were sleeping in my parents' room one night when she was over, and it was probably about 3 a.m. Suddenly, we hear a sound like a fart from the corner of the room. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already into it. (laughs) And distinctly from this one corner. So I asked my friend if she farted, and of course she says no, as it clearly came from that corner. So thinking that it's my dogs, as they sometimes sleep in my parents' room, I go and check it out, but realize that they're not in the room with us. Okay, so that's weird, I thought. And my friend, you know, also said she heard a distinct fart, too. So we assumed maybe we both misheard, and it was something else. Then, all of a sudden, an unknown caller starts ringing my phone, and I don't answer, because at this point, I'm, I'm freaked the fuck out. So yeah. after I decline the call... I receive a text message from an unknown caller with the same area code as the caller who had just called me, but not the same number. Hmm. The text message is all in Spanish, and me and my friend decide to just paste the text into Google Translate, where it proceeds to say, Did you hear that fart? What? Needless to say, we never slept in my parents' room again, and we're convinced that we have a Spanish farting ghost in our presence. <laughs> Wait, what? So, who sent the text message? They don't who know. Who is the Spanish ghost with flatulence? What? I feel I have like so many questions. I'm obsessed. That was one of the stories where, like, I... She did go on to say, okay, they went on to say that no brothers that would have pranked, like no one in the house that would have pranked them. Um, They have a sister, but she was just as (laughs) amused as they were when when they told her. Like, Uh no one was playing a prank on them. Yeah. Like, it was obvious nobody was joking around. Yeah. I just love how that story is hilarious and made me laugh and then immediately turned terrifying. And I was like, absolutely not. Right. No. Like, it's... It is funny. It made me giggle a lot to think of a, you know, Spanish farting ghost hiding in the house. But no, that is horrifying. And I don't understand how this entity or whatever you want to call it got the number. How did they communicate with them? I don't know. But then I'm also thinking like, okay, like maybe it's someone outside of the house messing with them. But that's also very scary. That's yeah, that's still terrifying. If if someone's just standing outside listening, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. 
So I just, I can't imagine how hard I would laugh if I was like in a room and I heard a fart and like it wasn't me or the person I was with. And we were like, okay, what? Excuse me. And like, you swear it wasn't you. Like you're trying to get them to admit it, but it's like, nope, it was a spirit. It was a spirit. Oh, man. I can't tell you how excited I am to add the sound effects to that story. Oh, my gosh, Ashley. Like, I already <laughs> love the sound effects you add to these episodes, but you know for this episode, for that specific story, it's going to be extra special. I kept giggling every time I thought about it. Just, are you going to do, like, maybe an echoey little fart in the corner? Oh, I get, yeah, I got to find some. I got to find a really good fart sound effect out like there. Like a kind of spooky, <laughs> spooky yeah. echo Burr. fart. Like one of those where it, like, goes up at the end, like, Burr. Burr. one of those. Burr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, anyways, thank you so much, Akasha. Um, what were the numbers? Zero four, Akasha, zero four one, one five two, four five zero zero. <laughs> For um, letting me read that story, I I adore it. Gosh, it's good. We love you. Thank you. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, I have another. Are we ready for the story. big Kahuna? Yeah. Is it the big Kahuna? It's the big Kahuna. Everybody, buckle in. This is a long one, but it's long because it's amazing. Like there was, you don't you want to hear this whole thing? You don't want me to remove any of it. So, tuck yourselves in. Get pumped. Here comes a long, glorious, scary story sent in by longtime listener Hillary of Macabre Yoga, who we post about all the time. She is super, super cool. Thank you so, so much for submitting this story. We adore you. You should follow her. I think it's just at Macabre Yoga, right? Yeah. I mean, we like post her stuff uh, (laughs) quite a bit. So just like. If you keep following us, you're going to yeah, see it. Yeah, you're going to see it. But <laughs> um, she it. just like does yoga in all these creepy places yeah. and it's amazing. <laughs> also, one more thing before we get started. We did have to cut this story down and the full uh, story is going to be available in written word form for our patrons on our Patreon. Yes. Because I did have to cut it down just so this episode wouldn't be three hours. But my gosh, there were some creepy things I was sad to cut. But don't worry it's still gold all right are we ready yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. okay hillary writes hi ashley and lauren i just wanted to say that i have been a longtime listener and a huge fan of the podcast i tell everyone who likes spooky stuff that they should give keep it weird a listen and recently my boyfriend started listening to the podcast Yay. as well and now he's hooked too thank you thank you My story begins in the summer of 2016. I was living in Montgomery County, Maryland with my mom, whose health was extremely poor. I had taken a job in Baltimore and was preparing to move there, but I didn't want to leave my mom behind because of her health. So we found a split-level house that would be perfect for our needs. I would have my own space on the bottom floor, and she would have her space on the top. We found a day to go check out the house, so we both drove up to Baltimore, and my boyfriend, who had already lived in Baltimore for a few years at this point, would meet us there. The papers had already all been signed, so the house was ours. Our realtor was waiting for us, and we all walked in together. The previous owners were still living there, but had begun to move some things out. The first thing that I noticed upon walking into the house was that there were crucifixes everywhere. And I do mean everywhere, right? Great sign. I kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to offend the previous owners, but I was already starting to feel a little uncomfortable. My mom left me to go upstairs to what would be her apartment, leaving me to check out my part in the basement. I should preface this by saying that I have had paranormal experiences my entire life and consider myself to be sensitive. Even though there were a lot of windows in the house, it felt very dark, almost as if the light was being snuffed out or absorbed. That feeling persisted and grew stronger when I got closer to the basement door, which of course was right across from my bedroom door. Glorious. Wow. I I stood in front of the basement door and noticed that there was a huge gap between the door and the stairs, about three inches, and I could see down into the dark basement. That creeped me out. And then my dumbass decided to go downstairs and investigate, (laughs) just like all the other white girls in horror movies that you yell at not to go into the creepy room. (laughs) I was like, yep, that's how I'm feeling. That's correct. So I unlocked the basement door, which made me even more uncomfortable, because the lock was on the outside of the door, not the inside, and there was also a chain lock to reinforce it. 
Upon opening the basement door, I felt a rush of cold air and uneasiness wash over me. I walked down the rickety stairs that felt like they would give way at any second. Standing in the basement was extremely off-putting. I felt like I had walked into a room where people had just been having a conversation that I was not supposed to hear. I noticed right away that it was much colder than the rest of the house. It was late June, and though basements tend to be a bit colder in general, I was covered in goosebumps. I started looking around me and saw that the house already had a washer and dryer, and there was a door that seemed to lead up to a cellar door. I told myself that this was probably why there were locks on the outside of the basement door in case someone was just trying to get in through the cellar. But then off in the corner was a door that looked like it led to another room. I was struck right away by the amount of locks on that door. It was at this point that my mom, our realtor, and my boyfriend came down to the basement. They started talking about how cool the house was, and my boyfriend expressed how excited he was for us to move to the city. They started to walk back upstairs, but I pulled my mom aside and asked her to please not open that creepy door with all the locks. She asked me why, but I told her I couldn't explain it, I just had a very bad feeling about the room and we shouldn't mess with it. After we got moved in, my boyfriend and I drove down to North Carolina for a week-long vacation that we had planned long before the move. It was a nice break away from the stress, but I was ready to get home and unpack everything in the apartment. But on her way home, I get a text from my mom saying she had been poking around in the basement and found a set of keys, which wouldn't you know it, went to the door I asked her not to open. And guess what she did? At this point, if you're shouting, no, I don't blame you because that's what I did in the car. (laughs) She opened the door. When we got back, despite being tired, I had some laundry to do from our trip. So I got up my courage and headed down to the basement. I instantly regretted being down there alone. I stood facing the washer and dryer and behind me, it felt as if something was slowly slinking towards me out of the dark corners. The air took on a static charge and I was suddenly terrified and was convinced that if I turned around, I was going to see some dark, horrible creature. I could literally feel whatever it was getting closer to me and I heard something shuffling around until it stood right behind me. I heard raspy breathing and then a sharp gasp that made my hair move. I shouted, nope, and I ran back up the stairs as fast as I could. The next day, a security company came out to the house to install a security system. I hadn't gone back down to the basement, and nothing else had really happened other than a few odd feelings now and then. The security system included a motion sensor in the basement because of the cellar door. Later on, at about 3 o'clock in the morning, my mom and I were awoken to the sound of our alarm system going off, shouting, System! Alarm! Basement motion sensor! I nearly died right then and there. I wasn't even thinking about anything paranormal. I was just thinking, well, shit, someone managed to get into the basement. My mom came running downstairs from her apartment, and we locked ourselves in my room and called the police. While I was on the phone with dispatch, we could hear what sounded like someone moving around in the basement. My room was directly above the basement, and the walls are thin. Those dragging, shuffling footsteps made their way over to the basement stairs, and we heard what sounded like loud boots slowly making their way up the steps. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps just reading this. And I've read it like five times. At this point, my mom is sobbing, and I'm trying to calm her down. I tell dispatch that we can hear whoever it is walking up our basement steps. To our ever-growing horror, we then heard someone turning the doorknob on the basement door and rattling the chain and trying to get upstairs. We sat huddled in my room for what felt like hours when the police finally showed up. We both sprinted out of my room and opened the front door to let them in. We told them that whoever was in the house was still down in the basement. They pulled their guns and opened the basement door. We walked outside on the front porch and heard them shout, Baltimore Police Department, come out now! We never heard any other voices aside from the two of them. A few minutes later, the two officers came upstairs and stepped out on the porch with us. I'll never forget what they said. They checked all over the, and they checked all over the doors, but they couldn't find any signs of forced entry. The cellar door was still locked, and none of the windows in the basement had been broken. But one of the officers looked very disturbed. He looked at my mom and I and said, We didn't find anything in your house. But I have to tell you, I've been on the force for a very long time now, and yours is the creepiest basement I have ever been in. Great! Your house is haunted. (laughs) Your house is haunted, and I never want to set foot in your basement again. Thanks, officer! Cool! Have a good night! Thank you! Have a good one! (laughs) The very next night, the alarm was triggered in the basement again. Stop. The same motion sensor, and at 3 a.m. Was this the Amityville house? Right? Right. 
Jiminy Christmas. Take a drink of my wine. I know, please do. (laughs) The whole routine played itself out all over again. We called the police, but again, they didn't find anything. At this point, we're thinking maybe it was something the alarm alarm company had done and that one of the sensors was bad. So we called the company and they had a tech come out to check the sensors. The tech checked over everything and couldn't find any issues with them. He said the next chilling statement that I will never forget. He says, there's nothing wrong with any of the sensors, but something six feet off the ground definitely set that sensor off. Cue my heart attack. (laughs) I was going to say, he didn't find anything. The sensor was fine, but he did come upstairs and say, everything's fine, but this house is haunted and I never (laughs) want to step foot in here again. (laughs) It's somebody help us. I know. Like the police officer never wants to come to their house again because it's so creepy. And then the alarm company is like, oh, 100% something was in your basement and set off your alarm. Like our sensors are fine. (laughs) Like what? After that, we started having more unexplained experiences in the house. We'd hear loud noises that sounded like someone had taken a large piece of furniture and thrown it down the stairs. Gracious but we could never find a source of the noise. In my mom's apartment and in the basement, we started smelling something that smelled like a combination of burnt and rotten. There were voices that we both heard and sounds of boxes shuffling in the basement, and it was no good. Fast forward to February 2017, we rescued a sweet dog named Wilbur. And Wilbur's story is a little longer on the one that we'll put on our Patreon, but to keep it short, they rescued a dog named Wilbur. Um, She says, my boyfriend started staying over at my place, not only to be closer to our new puppy, but also because the roommate situation where he was staying was getting out of hand. The house had actually been quiet for quite a while, but as soon as Wilbur and my boyfriend were introduced to the house, weird things started happening again. Wilbur hated the basement door. Remember how I said there was a space of three inches at the bottom of the door where it didn't quite meet the stairs? Well, Wilbur would stand in front of the door, scratching and growling at that spot as if there was something down there he was trying to get to. So it is the Amityville house. Exactly. (laughs) Then there was the night that my boyfriend and I were cooking dinner and doing laundry. He came downstairs with me, but we were making pasta, and he went back upstairs to check on the noodles. I didn't notice him go back upstairs, and I heard what sounded like a deep male voice directly behind me. I couldn't quite make out what it was saying, but the words were forcefully whispered into my ear. I said out loud, was that you? And he answered me from upstairs, did you just say something? It was at that point I realized to my horror that I was in the basement alone with this entity or whoever it was residing down there. I screamed, oh shit, and ran back upstairs panting and having what I would call a moderate panic attack. That was the absolute last straw for me. I felt like the episodes were getting more intense and like whatever was in the basement meant to do us harm. Strange things occurred with more frequency and now I was even having nightmares. I started feeling depressed and so did my boyfriend. So much had been happening and it wasn't even possible to talk about the events in the house without activity happening immediately. We'd have to leave the property entirely, otherwise activity would start. We tried to get a priest to help us at one point, but that didn't pan out, and we really didn't know what else to do besides move out. My mom was unwilling to leave the house, so we had to have the discussion with her that my boyfriend and I were going to look for a place of our own, and we just couldn't stay there anymore. We also decided to ask one of our friends and his wife for help. They're both spooky people, and we just had the feeling that if anyone would know what to do, it was them. As it turns out, our friend's wife knew an archaeologist, and she was convinced that she would be able to find information on our house. And shortly after our meeting, she did. The house was originally built in the early 1900s, but the land where the house sat had once had another house on it in the 1800s. It was owned by two brothers. Both brothers were chemists and used part of the house as a lab. One evening, the two friends had the two brothers had a friend over and were playing a card game. The fuel for their lamp was very low, so one of the brothers said he'd go out to get more and asked if the friend wanted to accompany him. The other brother stayed behind, and when the two got back to the house, it was engulfed in flames, presumably with the other brother still inside. When the fire finally died out, it was discovered that there was a body in the basement. As it just so happened, the other brother had taken out an insurance policy on the brother who had died, and he collected on that claim and moved to New York. A few oh, years and later. he had his fucking friend there to be like, I was uh, with him the whole time. Oh, yeah, I hate like, this guy. Okay. I saw it, right? Well, just listen. A few years later, it was discovered that the other brother was still alive. 
and that the two of them had planned the whole thing in order to claim the insurance money. No! They gambled away most of it, though, and during an argument, one brother actually shot and killed the other for real this time. Oh, he was arrested, found guilty, and hanged for his crime. But, this is when Hillary starts shouting in all caps, who the hell was the body that they found burned in the house? Had they killed someone and used the fire to cover it up? Had they stolen a body from a cemetery? Who freaking knows? We were never able to find out. But I'll tell you what, though. When I read the story, I broke out in a cold sweat because I had been smelling something in the house, and in the basement in particular, that smelled like burnt meat. And just in case you're wondering, my mom still lives in the house, and I hate having to go there. My boyfriend refuses to go inside unless he absolutely must, and nothing has really happened to her other than... (laughs) no big deal, finding an unexplained trail of blood in her apartment one day. (laughs) Other than that unexplained trail of blood she found. I know. I was like, Hillary, I love you, but that made me laugh. (laughs) That you're like, really, nothing bad has happened, ladies. There was just some blood and we don't know what it's from. (laughs) But besides that, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And she Mm -hmm. finishes by saying, I'm convinced that someone was indeed murdered there and that it opened some sort of portal. Hopefully I haven't given you nightmares and sorry if you're completely creeped out. Hillary. Wow. (laughs) That was so worth it. You were like, my story's kind of long. I was like, I don't care. Tell the story. (laughs) Isn't it great? That's great. Yeah. I maybe maybe it's so haunted and it's just so angry because they did kill someone just right. for insurance money like someone that didn't just do anything wrong wrong place yeah. wrong time they just wanted to claim their money there was actually an unsolved mysteries episode i wish i could remember what season it's an older one about a woman who they believe did that she was still missing like that the whole crux of the episode was that they didn't know where she was but Uh her home had burnt down and her husband had been inside and she got the money but then years and years later they like exhumed the body and they found or actually years and years later they found the husband who had been murdered they assumed it was by her years and years later and then they were like well then who was that and they exhumed it and it was just like we don't know stranger some random person yeah yeah, that's what it sounds like happened here. It's just like some innocent bystander had to get burned in the house. That's so sad. Man, oh man. I know. And it chemists, was, what were they messing right? with? What, what were, were they, they doing in there? Doing down there. Mm. But that is what I liked the most about the story was the everything that was happening to them in the house was creepy enough and then we get thrown this curveball at the end with the Hell history yeah. of the house and I was like Damn, girl, you came to play. (laughs) (laughs) You win the prize. Yeah. Congratulations. That That story's fucking wild. It is. I love that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Told you it'd be worth the time. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Also, hello, your mom still lives there. Ooh, one other thing. Can we get pictures? Yes, she I don't want to promise this because she said it was a maybe but she believes they have a picture of the house a but um, maybe possibly even the trail of blood that randomly appeared and I was like, "Ooh, girl, if you have that, that would be amazing. I was gonna say because you can get pictures of the house if because I feel like I would like to post pictures of there's nothing scary about my old house though that had stuff happening in it but I feel like my mom would be like, let me clean. The entire house, top to bottom. I have to scrub every single wall, and then maybe I'll take a picture for you. Thanks. She's basically going to take like professional real estate photos for you. She (laughs) wants them to be like in perfect. She's going to hire a guy. (laughs) Get the lighting right. Wow. Yeah. Shit. That story. What a journey. I love it. I love it. That could be a movie. Make that into a movie. I was thinking that the entire Come on, time. Hillary, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like even I read that story several times, like I said, because AI had to edit it down a bunch, but also I read it out loud a few times to see how long it was going to be. And even reading it to you tonight, I don't know if it's because I like slowed it down a little and tried to get spooky, but I had full goosebumps the entire time <laughs> I was reading it. So I was like, I can't imagine being in her mm-hmm. shoes, especially when that alarm system was going off. Like... I didn't even like hearing you say it. Right. <laughs> I didn't enjoy saying it. I can't imagine living it. 
And I'm in my home, and I don't even have batteries in my smoke detector. That's how unprotected <laughs> I am in my apartment. <laughs> oh, Ashley, you it go just that. wouldn't stop going off, and I couldn't no, I get do it. anything about it. And my landlord sucks, and it's just like, please replace this before I die. No, so I yeah, totally here's get a it. record: if I fucking die. PAC Properties, North Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody write them letters, call them. When Ashley dies, <laughs> it's their fault. It's their fault. Wow. Well, thank you, Hillary. I actually, my next thing is not a story. It's a theory that was sent Ooh. in by our mystery Taylor from two weeks ago, who is no longer a mystery. Her name is Taylor Mimmit. <laughs> oh, wait, was she the artist formerly known yeah. as Taylor? <laughs> and she does enjoy that nickname, but also I have to give oh, her good. a shout out with her real name. And because she sent in a theory that kind of knocked my socks off. I don't know why I never thought of this. Ooh, okay. And she sent it back in May, and there just hasn't really been an episode where it fits to bring up. And I thought listener ghost stories uh, would be appropriate. I love it. So... You know how there are people who like hit their heads or fall into a coma or die and come back to life and they wake up speaking languages they've never been exposed to or they can play instruments that they've never touched? Right. Yeah. Well, Taylor messaged us and she was like, okay, well, what if whatever trauma they endured forced them to experience a little past life regression. Like if a woman woke up speaking French, even though she's never learned it, what if in a past life she was French? Oh. Or maybe in a past life they were an expert at whatever instrument they wake up knowing how to play. Oh, I like that. So it's like someone came in during the coma and kind of infiltrated, like, or well, do you or think just like, that part oh, of them I was remember, just woken up? Yeah, I remember how to play the piano from that time that I was French, or from that time uh, I was French, from that time I could play the piano. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, the two go hand in hand. Um, no, I that remember, really got me. <laughs> I remember how to you play have to piano. leave that in. That was great. <laughs> From that time that I knew how, because uh, it truly doesn't make sense. There's no like, there's no storage facility in our brain that contains that information. Like I have to mentally and physically learn how to play the piano. It's not a skill that I have to like unlock in my brain. You have to learn. Has always blown my mind is that we see this happen to people and everyone is just kind of like, well, you know, coma, and it's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. That is not true. Their brain would have had to have experienced that at some point and learned it. So you can't yeah. just say that. And like when people wake up speaking fluent languages and it's like, well, they probably heard a few words here and there. It's like, oh, OK, well, I've heard, I took four years of Spanish and I can't have a conversation <laughs> with you in Spanish. Yeah, so, I've heard people say hola and gracias, but I'm not fluent. you crazy. Yeah, that's not that's yeah. not a thing. And it, it just doesn't, like, there's no explanation for it. And I, I always thought of it as, like, when you come close to death, another soul can potentially pop in, which happens a lot in reincarnation stories where people wake up as other people. And you can actually right. research the person they say they are and find their, you know, quote unquote, before family. The Watsika yeah. Wonder was a famous case of this. We talked about that in our Illinois episode. Mm-hmm. So I always thought like, oh, two souls in one body. But this this theory is, I think, even more It's totally different with it, where it's like triggering something that was already there. But it's yeah. like wakening the soul that was already there. Ooh. Because there's also something I want to talk about in our um, Helter Skelter episode next month where it's – oh, God, I can't even remember what it's called. But it has something to do – with our DNA and the actual psychological things that can be imprinted on our DNA. Hmm. So, for example, there was a study done of a woman who had a phobia, a horrific phobia of being trapped in an elevator, trapped in a a small space. And she had never had it. Usually phobias are because something triggered it. Because when you were a kid, you blah, 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 blah. Or when you were this, you you know what I mean? Or you saw a movie once. This phobia couldn't be traced back to anything. And uh, they were doing research on her family history. And they finally got all the way back to like the 1700s and they found that her like great 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 grandfather 
um, had actually been in a train wreck and he was trapped in a train car for like 30 hours. Whoa. And he survived. And it was, it affected him his whole life. He had like PTSD according to like what records they could find, which were, it was before we knew what PTSD was, but you know, basically saying he was never the same. And so for the, the fact that she was still, you know, for me, I'm a spiritual person. So I, I automatically think it's a spiritual thing, but it could actually be like a literal, like physiological thing. Yeah. She's experiencing what he experienced. Mm -hmm. But... To like, I love that. There's one. There's a difference between like I'm scared of things and I can play the piano now. (laughs) So (laughs) I just keep laughing because it's just it's ridiculous that we as humans dismiss this so often. We're just like I don't know. They were just asleep for a while and that, you know, it made some changes in their brain. Like no, 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 that is not how life works. I just can't believe this theory isn't being discussed more, or maybe it is, and we just haven't come across it. I haven't it, but come across it in the years. No, that I've been and we about talked about stuff. reincarnation, and I feel like this would have come into that episode. And this is like now my mind is so blown because I'm like, this is a genius theory, and now I feel like I 100% believe it. And yeah, it's just a theory, but I'm like, oh, that's. That's well, because like I said, it. like it's not something. It's not like a cheat code. Like, oh, I know I have piano in there somewhere. If I just hit A right. A B B C D, you know what I mean? Yeah, but this like, isn't no, Nintendo. Like you have to learn a thing, right? So I'm with you. Anyways, that Taylor, thank is you. Fascinating. I don't know if you dreamed it or wrote it in your journal once or read it somewhere. You're just but a genius, and that it just popped great. into your head one afternoon. One of the one of the three. I love You're it. You're amazing. Thank you for submitting that. Yeah, thank you. And also, uh, thank you for joining our Patreon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks. Two weeks artist ago. formerly known as Taylor. <laughs> Taylor Mehmet. Did you say Mehmet, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, girl. Thank you. Welcome to the weirdo community. Alrighty. So, you know, we, we told our listeners it's going to be extra long and extra scary. And um, the reason that it's not extra long, I do think it was extra scary. But the reason it's not extra long is because... I had a story that ended up being so long. It's incredibly long, but it's not just my story. It's mine, my sisters, my brother-in-laws, some friends from college, some friends I've never met before and a family I'll never meet as well. And I wanted to make sure that I do it justice. So we are recording that entire story separately. And my goal and my deepest wish is that it comes out tomorrow on my favorite day of the year. So hopefully the editing gods are on my side and I can do that for you guys and for myself. So (laughs) we'll see if they shine upon me. I think it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're going to go refresh our wine and take a pee break and get back to recording that episode for you guys. So that is all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for listening to our show and supporting us and playing with us on social media and donating to our Patreon and just making us feel like we're the luckiest girls in the world. And thank you to everyone who let us read their stories today. They were all oh, amazing. Seriously, Thank you, guys. They were so, so good. There wasn't a rotten apple in the bunch. <laughs> That's right. If you have iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, please rate our show five stars. If you have social media, follow us at Keep It Weirdcast across all platforms and join our Facebook group to participate in the meme sharing and the weekly games that we play. Yes. And all TV discussions. And all TV. Yeah. If there's something on TV, we're talking about it in there. So if if you're watching any modern TV shows and you want to talk to someone about it, just join the group. You'll find (laughs) someone to talk to. Yep. If you do want to donate to the show and get bonus goodies like a newsletter and bonus episodes and discounts on merchandise, you can head over to www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. And if you just want to buy some merch, you can head over to www.etsy.com slash shop slash keepitweirdpodcast. We've got a lot of great stuff in there for you. I still have to order my sweatpants. You do. I'm wearing them right now. I like as you were talking about Etsy, I was like, man, my legs are comfy. <laughs> Jeez. They're so lovely. My sister said she got her throw blanket today and it's glorious. Perfect. So she's very excited. Okay, she can she can tell you guys it's a great blankie. 
So, uh, like I said, hopefully our next episode is out tomorrow on the spookiest of days. But if not, it will be out very soon. And then we are taking a little break. We've got some life things to catch up on. We've got the election, which is going to be a very stressful week for everyone. But we're going to be back with you guys to finish out the year that seemingly never ends. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Can you believe there's only a couple months left? I thought it would never end. (laughs) It's really wild. Um. For our sign-off today, I actually wanted to read a passage from my favorite book, The Halloween Tree, by Ray Bradbury. Is that okay? Love it. Yes. I love that book. The wind outside nestled in each tree, prowled the sidewalks in invisible treads like unseen cats. Tom Skelton shivered. Anyone could see that the wind was a special wind this night, and the darkness took on a special feel because it was All Hallows' Eve. Everything seemed cut from soft black velvet or golden orange velvet. Smoke panted up out of a thousand chimneys like the plumes of funeral parades. From kitchen windows drifted two pumpkin smells, gourds being cut and pies being baked. It was Halloween. And keep it weird. Keep it weird. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It was a small town by a small river and a small lake in a small northern part of a Midwest state. There wasn't so much wilderness around that you couldn't see the town. On the other hand, there wasn't so much town around that you couldn't see and feel and touch the wilderness. The town was full of fences to walk on and sidewalks to skate on and the muted cries and laughter of boys and girls full of costumed dreams and pumpkin spirits preparing for the greatest night of the year, better than Easter, better than Christmas, Halloween. Halloween.